Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Well, I did know that they're great competitive players. I mean, they, they love football. They play for each other. And uh, I think the fans witnessed that tonight. We got a lot of young guys that really stepped up. Um, but I'm really proud of the character they showed. We were down 14 nothing to the Ravens. And it didn't look pretty. It didn't look good. But when you can come back and find a way to win against a team like that, um, that's saying something. That's an impressive, impressive victory. And like they say here, just win, baby. Yeah, exactly. Just win, baby. Uh, obviously, that was the unmistaken voice of John Gruden, the Raiders head coach, last night from Allegiant Stadium shortly after the Raiders held on for dear life on one of the roller coaster rides, craziest roller coaster rides I've ever witnessed uh, in a professional football game uh, ever. I've been covering football for a long time at all levels. I've seen crazy games crazy finishes i saw a city section championship football game won on a block punt that rolled 30 yards into the end zone and the opposing team fell on it for the game winning touchdown when they were down by like three it was crazy uh that was nuts but i've never seen anything like i saw last night at allegiant stadium the ebbs and flows the roller coaster ride the change of emotions it was exhilarating. It was titillating. It was scintillating. There was some absurdity. Uh, it got ugly at times. Uh, it was everything that you would want in a football game. Uh, and I, I wrote this in the Las Vegas Review Journal. By the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. I wrote this uh, today. Everything was set up. It was a spectacular night. The first time fans were allowed in the stadium to watch a regular season game here in Las Vegas and root on their Raiders. Uh, there was a great entertainment value. There was a, a packed house. The, the strip was electric uh, this whole weekend, really, and certainly on Monday night. All that was really left was for the Raiders to create some kind of magic and some lasting kind of memory. And not only did they do that, Lincoln Kennedy, but they, they actually exceeded expectations. If you're talking about entertainment value, and let's face it, that's what we're in the business of. That's what professional sports is all about. That's what professional football is all about. Yes, uh, at its nitty-gritty and at its core, it's about winning and losing, and that's what those players are thinking about when they're on that field and coaches and everybody else that's involved. But at the end of the day, there's, it's still entertainment, and they put on a show like no other here in Las Vegas. Lincoln Kennedy, welcome to the show. Um, Vinny! I mean, I'm still, I'm still trying to come down from, from everything that happened last night. I've got two words for you, Vinny. It's called yes. instant classic. Yes, yes, exactly. Instant classic. There's no – I mean, the only thing that we were missing was – Russell Crowe maybe walking in the middle of the field yelling, are you not entertained? <laughs> yes, uh, you know, exa you know, exactly. From, <laughs> you know what I mean? From the gladiator. Um, but look, it was, as you said, it was a spectacle that in all years of being around professional sports, and I'm not just talking about football, professional sports, have I not seen or ever felt so much excitement generated so many vast aspects of life coming into view. I mean, you think about it. You had Gladys Knight, who's probably one of the greatest singers that we've, we've yep. known in our history, sings the national anthem. Then on top of that, you have the halftime show. 
is too short and ice cube. Now, I've been affiliated with the Raiders for a quarter of a decade. They ain't never performed in a concert in the stadium in Coliseum. Right. <laughs> this is, that was your halftime show. You go around, you saw Golden Knights, you saw Aces, you saw um, Olympian athletes, you saw Dana White. I mean, it was, you know, Little John, you saw celebrities from all walks of life in there enjoying a Raiders game. On top of that, you've got a game that will be memorable for years to come. That's why I said when, I, when, when it started, two words, instant classic. Because you can't – I know Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world. I get it. So, you know, you could put the, the star studs in, in, you know, in, in other categories. But to be in one place, one time, on one night when all the world was watching, not just the country because Monday Night Football is popular around the world, all the world was watching. It couldn't get any better than that for the Raiders to win. Right, and um, I give them a lot of credit, uh, whether they were knowingly doing this or uh, innocent bystanders. I'm sure anybody would have, you know, uh, on that sideline uh, and in that coach's office, you know, would have taken a 35 to nothing win uh, and gladly uh, taken that. Uh, but so I don't, by design, of course, it's not by, by, by design. But I guess what I'm saying is, giving everything that you just said and you just described uh, Lincoln and who was there and the people that were in the stands and the, uh, the stage that, that, that was created uh, the Monday night stage, uh, the all to themselves, this game uh, across the country and across the world, Roger Goodell was there. Um, there were dignitaries and stars, you know, for a lot of times. And I, I've been in situations like that where ultimately the product itself gets dwarfed or overshadowed or can't live up to the hype and to the surroundings and to, um, you know, the, the scene and the environment. It's, it, it happens like that sometimes. Well, this was the complete opposite, and that's why I give the Raiders credit. I don't think it was by design, obviously. But somehow, some way, they were able in three and a half hours or almost four hours of football uh, to actually transcend what was – a spectacular surrounding around them. It's hard to do that sometimes, but lo and behold, they achieved it. Yeah, yeah, and and look, it wasn't pretty. I mean, through, during our show, I'm going to be exceptionally critical of a lot of things that I've saw, seen because even though it was an instant classic, I'll come back and I'll back that up by saying everyone needs preseason. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. It, no, everyone no, no, needs no preseason. There's, there's, uh, there's no doubt in my mind when you take in consideration what we saw from soft tissue injuries, from Marcus Mariota scrambling for 31 yards and then pulling his quad or whatever it is, uh, you know, the, the strained quadricep, you know, from, um, you know, the, the status of Gerald McCoy is still up in the air with that knee. You know, it didn't look good when they carted him off. I mean, there were a lot of injuries, a lot of soft tissue injuries especially, that, you know, I, I've said all along, you can sit there and try to protect them, but you're going to ask them to do something at one particular point, and it's going to be full speed because that's all their body knows, and you're going to have something is going to end up happening. Aside from that, I thought Derek's for timing was off in a lot. Derek was yeah. usually more accurate than he was in the, than he was last night. Now they got a win. I'm not critical of that, you know, and I'm happy that they got a win. But you know, from the holder not being in place to kick a field goal to win the game, to you getting a delay of game or, or uh, um, uh, um, having to use a timeout on a goal line play and second and goal. I mean, there were plenty of instances where you should have been better tuned for the situation than we saw. I agree with everything you just said, uh, but I'm going to counter with this. 
that's going to happen, man. It's the first game. You're going to – I don't care how much preseason you get. Even the preseason doesn't stack up to the regular season. I mean, in terms of everything, intensity, uh, level of play, all of no, that. No, but that's why you need it. That's but, what you can't uh, do. That's what you can't do. That, you can't do that. You can't duplicate that in practice. That's what you need. I get I get, I get, I get it. Uh, but I'm going to counter with this: Marcus Mariota got hurt in practice. You know that this injury was a reaggravation of an injury that he hurt himself in practice. I get what you're saying, but here's my thing. You know what? This is how it is, and this is how it's probably going to be because there's so many valuable players out on that field that cost a lot of money to these teams. They're not going to put them out on the field in preseason if they can help it. All right. So we have to almost get past that. Here's where I land on that, though. It's going to be a struggle. The key is you got to figure out a way to win. It's not always going to be pretty, whether it's week one or week seven. You have to rise above that. That's what the good teams do. And I would almost, I'll even say this. If I'm the Raiders, I almost prefer what happened last night to being finely tuned and ready to go and you know uh, face no obstacles and everything be clean and all that. I would rather get uh, uh, you know some adversity thrown at me early on. I'd rather Derek Carr have to settle it down and get on the same page with his wide receivers in real time as he did last night. I'd rather see some learning on the job early on because to me the the for the especially for the Raiders, it's not been about starting for the Raiders. The Raiders have started pretty well these last couple of years. It's finishing and to me that's what the key needs to be and building it up. And here's the last thing I'll say about that, when I talk about finishing, I don't just mean the season. I mean games. They finished that game. They were at their best, aside from a couple of hiccups after you know the Edwards touchdown uh, got called back. You know, and then I think everybody's head was in the clouds a little bit. You know, you get a turnover, or excuse me, you get the you get the penalty. But um, more than that, when it was critical time whether it was Brian Edwards coming alive, Henry Ruggs coming up with some big plays, Darren Waller, Derek Carr, the defense, when it was when they had to have it, they got it done. And that's something that the Raiders haven't done for far too long. And that's what I would take away from that. Preseason, well, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. But I think my, we're, we're, we're beyond that. Well, and I hear what you're saying. And here, here's what I'll, I'll come back with. Like, I, there are plenty of positives to take from last night's game. The fact that the Raiders were down 14 to nothing and they came back and they made the game interesting even before halftime yeah, right. was, was, was a testament to their will and their wherewithal. But there were little things, little things that, you know, if they would have went the other way or might have bounced the other way, could have cost them a game. And it would have been, oh, yeah. it would have been a wholly, totally different conversation. And some of these things, now this is a learning experience. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. I mean, I'm nitpicking on little things because out of professional franchise, I expect a certain – a certain level of experience and an expertise. That's what I expect. You see what I'm saying? The, to to me, it's it's inexcusable. I understand the jubilation because we were jumping up and down when we thought Brian Edwards scored a touchdown. And when I saw the ref looking at the monitor, I said, okay, we got to see. If it, and then they show the replay. Okay, it's coming up short. Okay, I get it. All right, calm everybody down. Teams get back on the respective sidelines, even though they're shaking hands and stuff like that and saying their, you know, yeah. their congratulations and all that. Jerseys. I mean, exactly, exactly. All that <laughs> stuff's going on. I get all that. Okay, we calm down. We still got some football to play. Now, I know we're taking on a damn good team, and I know the Raiders know they were taking on a damn good team and the Baltimore Ravens and a solid defense. So I get it. You come back, you're like, okay, we're on the half-inch line or half-yard half, half yard line, whatever it is. Let's say uh, Derek Carr, QB sneak, let's let our quarterback finish it, win it, go away. All right, you go out there. Boom. 
Snap the ball. Oh, you got stuffed. No game. Second down. Second down. Second down and go. Why do I have to burn a timeout to get a play in? Um, yeah. Uh, I <laughs> see, see, that's my thing. It's as, yeah. as a professional team, okay, they, we got stuffed. Okay, well, let's run our goal line package in. Let's do our 14 blast, whatever we're going to do. We should have – there should be somebody there saying, okay, send, the, send in Jumbo or whatever they want to call it, their goal line package. Let's run 14 blast. You should not waste a timeout in, in overtime, if anything else. You should not waste a timeout, okay? So then you waste a timeout. Now, I will give the Ravens credit because what they did on the following play when they lined up was extremely smart. In a high-intensity situation, I've seen defenses do that. They stemmed their defense from a regular to a compact to, to a gap defense, which caused our right tackle, Alex Leatherwood, to jump because he got excited. Well, Beautiful. I also heard, by the way, from uh, deep inside the Raider building, they also felt, looking at film, uh, that there were some shenanigans that were that crossed the line uh, that the, that the Raiders uh, that the Ravens were doing at the goal line too. I don't know if they were nudging forward or you know uh, trying to draw somebody off. I haven't really looked at that play. But uh, that's what you're taught. That's what you're taught to do as a veteran. Yes, but you see but what I'm saying? Were, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, so I mean, so it could have gone either way. So when they stemmed and it got one of the guys moving, okay, that yeah. that pushes it back. Okay, so now it's first and five. Exactly. Now there's really no reason why the ball should have gone through Snead's hands. I mean, he, it was a little high. It wasn't perfect, but it went through both hands and yes. caused an interception on the following play. So drives over. So now, okay, so now you're in a position where, all right, now we've got to fight to get on defense to play the game. I mean, to, to stay in the game. Because now if the Ravens drive down with a Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame kicker in Justin Tucker and they can score a 50-yard, that is going to be the, the same disheartened and just let down that we've seen time and time again. Oh, man, no, we lost. You know, that type of thing. And overtime, it would just be a killer. It now, to your, to your testament, to your testament, absolutely, to follow my point, to your testament, the defense stood up. Max Crosby had a wonderful game. She Darius Phylon, Sol- Solomon Thomas, for when McCoy was in there, they had a great game. I really appreciate Carl Nassib, what the defense did. As a matter of fact, Nassib calls in that, that last fumble to give the, the Raiders the ball back it would have been a beautiful thing. So we're going out to the phone line right here, right? We got somebody? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely, uh, because we got one of the heroes, Lincoln, uh, of last night's game, uh, Brian Edwards, uh, the Raiders' second-year wide receiver from uh, South Carolina, who, uh, Brian, first of all, thanks so much for spending some time uh, with us in the huddle. Uh, Have you come down uh, from the the craziness that that happened last night at Allegiant Stadium? I know I'm still kind of on edge a little bit. Where are you at, my man? Uh... Yeah, I've come down since last night, man. It was it was a roller coaster for sure, man. It was it was I don't have words for it, honestly. Yeah, uh, n- none of us do, and I'm a writer, uh, and I still couldn't come up with the right words to describe what happened last night. But I want to start here, uh, Brian. You know, every great athlete, uh, every great coach, they've always preached and talked about. Hey, it doesn't matter um, how things are going. It doesn't matter what your numbers are. It doesn't matter how many touches you have. Uh, or, or targets you have, when your number gets called, be ready to perform. And in your case, and to your credit, um, it really wasn't until about 37 seconds left in that football game uh, last night, no timeout, starting at your own 25-yard line, that Derek Carr started looking your way. And guess who was ready to step up to that say, stage and, uh, uh, and, 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 and perform at his best? And that was you. Were you 
reminding yourself throughout the game, stay with it, stay with it, stay with it, because eventually it's going to come my way? Um, Honestly, I was just playing, man. I was just letting my preparation kick in, and I was just trying to go out there and do my part. And, you know, my number got called, and I, I made a play. And that's just my job, man. And I was just trying to go out there and execute my job. Brian Lincoln here. What did Coach uh, say to you after the game? What did he say to the team? Um, I mean, he was just saying, you know, it was, it was a gutsy performance, you know. It was just a win is a win. Anytime you can get a win, especially against a great team like that, you know, it's a great thing. So we're going to just appreciate it. We're talking to Brian Edwards, one of the heroes uh, of last night's big win for the Raiders, thirty-three to twenty-seven in overtime uh, against the Ravens. And 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 Brian, I want to go back to the touchdown that was that turned out to be wasn't. Um, you know, a great route by you, great catch by, catch by you, great effort by you to seemingly get the ball uh, over the end zone um, at the. In real time, did you think you got it uh, over the end, end zone? And and if you could talk about just the wide range of emotions of going from scoring a game-winning touchdown to the referees telling you guys, no, 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 you got to go back out there. It wasn't a TD. What was that uh, craziness like? Oh, man, it was insane. I've, I've never experienced anything like that, man. Um, obviously, you know, I, I felt like I got in the end zone, but, you know, the replay showed that I didn't. And uh, it, it was kind of like, all right, you got to go win this. So going back out there, it was kind of like, oh, man. Like you wanted to be over at the same time, like we got to go win this game. So you had to just reset your mind and refocus to to really put yourself back into the game. Brian, I know this is a, a a very important year for you. I mean, last year coming into the league, you battled injuries, didn't get as much playing time as you would have wanted. But can you put in perspective to the Raider Nation what this season, what this opportunity means to you as a professional? Um, it means a lot to me, man. Um, obviously, you know a lot of people don't get these opportunities. That I'm getting, so I'm just trying to take advantage of mine, and I'm just trying to, you know, do my do all that I can to help this football team win. And I'm glad I was, you know, able to to play a part in that win last night. Man, it felt really good. Brian, um, after you know the the touchdown gets taken away, and you know some some things happen. Um, it happens sometimes in football, and all of a sudden you go from potentially scoring the game winning touchdown. Uh, to an interception that takes away the chance to kick a field goal and, 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 and at least get some points out of there. And now all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens um, have the ball. Um, when, you, when you're leaving the field and putting it now in the hands of your defense, what was going through uh, the offense's mind uh, as you go to the sideline and start supporting your defensive players uh, and maybe the confidence and the belief that has been instilled now that, hey, they're going to ha- hold up their end of the bargain and get the ball back to us? Um. You know, I, I, I kind of had a – I don't know what it was about that night, but I just had a feeling that we would find a way to get it done. You know, I was just on the sideline, you know, trying to keep the faith and just try to support my teammates as much as I can. And, you know, they came out with a huge stop that, you know, that set us up to, to win the game. Brian, last one for me. This is a, a young receiving core, but someone has this various aspects of experience. As an offense, how would you best describe the fact with you, you and Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, as well as the other receivers and Derek Carr, how would you best describe your relationship? Um, you know, I really feel like this team is coming together. I feel like last night was a, a really a, a great example of that. And, you know, we have some young receivers. We have some 
you know, young players in general. And then we have Derek Carr that brings us all together. And we got guys like Darren, I mean, Darren Waller. It's like we have so many weapons and so many people that can do so many things. So I feel like, you know, we have it all. And it's just, it's just about us coming together and about us doing it week in and week out. Uh, Brian, how how happy were you uh, for? I mean, Henry makes a couple of big plays. Obviously, Hunter Renfro. Uh, you mentioned Darren Waller. He's always going to do his thing. But you know, when the game is over and you look at that stat sheet, and I know everybody wants to contribute, but the the fact is, you guys did contribute. Every one of the wide receivers uh, did something to contribute to that win. From that room specifically, uh, how good did you guys feel about what happened last night? Um, we felt really good, man. We got off to a, a slow start, but, um, you know, as the game went on, we kind of found rhythm and, um, you know, we all played a, a part and it, it just felt really good to have success, man. After all the work we've all put in, it just feels really good to see it, you know, come full circle. All right. You know how it works, Brian. Uh, you, you, you can't dwell on things, not in the NFL because things move pretty fast. Short week. Uh, then a, a long trip to Pittsburgh to go play to go play the Steelers. Um, have you guys already kind of put yesterday and last night behind you uh, and and start getting dialed up and dialed in on the Steelers? I mean, you have to, man. Especially playing on a short week. I feel like you know, last night was last night. Twenty four hour rule is over. Now we got to get ready for Pittsburgh, man. It's, it's going to they're a really good team, and um, it's going to be a challenge for us. Well, I don't even know if it's a 24-hour rule. It might be like a nine, eight-hour rule, eight or nine-hour right, rule going right. from <laughs> last right. night to tonight. But I, I totally get the point. Uh, Brian, thank you so much, man, for spending Thanks, uh, time with us in the huddle. Congratulations on li- on last night uh, and, and continued success, man. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you, God. You Take got care, it. That's Brian, Brian Edwards. Uh, and, and Lincoln, we, we talked about it, uh, you know, uh, uh, as soon as he jumped on. But, you know, this is a guy who hadn't gotten his number called until right. 37 seconds left in the game. Right. And, and, you know, I know it's, it's, it's you know, you're, you're playing the game and maybe you're not thinking about it uh, necessarily. Um, but the fact remains, hey, man, when it's your turn, you got to be ready. And I give him a lot of credit, uh, Lincoln, for, for being ready and being dialed in when that number got called. Well, you know, that long pass that he had for 32 yards – that almost, you know, went for for the touchdown. I mean, that was that was a, a 50-50 ball that you can best yeah. describe. I mean, it, 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 and he had to, to work to get open without interfering and pushing the defender down, which they would have probably called. I mean, they called one ticky-tack foul on him earlier in the evening, uh, which I didn't agree with. Um, totally. Well, actually, both t- fouls they called him. That was a terrible call. Yeah, it was a terrible call, especially the illegal pick. It's a huge call, too. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, exactly. But, you know, here's the thing that – I will say about D.C. Derek Carr, um, here's a quarterback, and I've said this all along, he can make every throw on the football field. And last night his accuracy and timing wasn't totally there as I've seen it at its peak. He got the job done when he needed to. I, absolutely, I'll definitely give him credit to that. But he's got some talent that he needs to find a way to utilize around him. And it came late. I mean, he targeted Darren Waller 19 times and completed 10 passes. Now, I'm all about getting one of your best athletes to football. But he's got to understand when he watches the films, the Ravens were bracketing coveraging him. Yep. They were playing a high low. They, were, they, they knew that the Raiders wanted to go to him, and they wanted to take him out of the equation. And there were a couple of throws that were very close to being interceptions, and it might change the outcome of the game. But when he decided to open up, there was one time where he went to Darren Waller, and I saw Henry Ruggs running through a deep angle route, wide open in the middle of the field, about 30 yards down the field. 
there's going to be misses all over. I'm not being overly critical of that. But my point is, is that I think that once he started going to the other receivers, once he started getting Hunter Renfro involved, involved uh, he threw to Hunter nine times. He completed six of them. You know, he went after Ruggs five times, completed two of them. He went after Ryan Edwards five times, completed four of them. Once he yep. gets those other people, players involved, then those other things are going to open up. You can't just be so focused that I felt, and especially in the first half, that he was on Darren Waller. I completely and, agree, and it felt forced, no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah, um, and, that's, and, that's, and those are the little things that I think will definitely come in time. I'm not being overly critical of it. No, 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 yeah. and I, I'm sure he would tell you the same exact thing. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Um, uh, it, it, it Organically, it emerged with he and Hunter and Brian uh, and, 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 uh, and, and um, uh, uh, Ruggs, Henry Ruggs. Right. And what I think is – there to build on is that they're going to look at that tape and he's going to see exactly what you saw. Wow. Henry was streaking across the field wide open. You know, he's going to see where there were opportunities there that instead of going to, to, to Darren, you know, take advantage of those others. And it, it happened as the game went on. And I think now it's going to get reinforced as well when they watch the film, which I know that they already have, and they've turned their attention to the Steelers. Uh, but, but the way it all kind of came about and the trust that I think got developed between he and Edwards. That's the first time he and Brian Edwards have been on that kind of page ever. Agree, agree. Literally, agree. ever. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like that didn't ever happen last year. And they, like you said, they didn't play during the preseason. And then looking Henry's way a couple of times to come up with some big plays. Uh, I, I think all of that is is something that they're going to build on. And again, it's game one of 17, so. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much further that can go with both of those players and all of these receivers. And of course, Darren Waller, we've got a lot to talk about, plenty of calls uh, that we're going to be taking, um, uh, looking ahead to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but definitely worth taking a look back last night to just a magical night um, in Las Vegas with the Raiders beating the, the Ravens in overtime in just one of those historically, as Lincoln said, instant classic games. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. He's got Renfro is to his left. And here, they Jones. here they come. And here they come. Blitz is picked up. Jones is open. Jackpot, baby! Vegas touchdown, this time no doubt, put it in the W column, baby, this one's over, and a baby. That was obviously Lincoln Kennedy uh, and Brett Musburger making the call last night, the uh, the, the actual game winner. Um, but Lincoln, I got to ask you, uh, like myself and everyone else in the press box on our side of the press box, were you kind of looking around just to kind of make sure after what happened a little bit earlier? Like I was like looking like, is this it? Was it? Did they are they calling it? It was a TD. Is there a flag somewhere? Something? Because as crazy as last night was, I was almost half expecting something to, to crop up right there. So my thought progression, when there's ever a big play, it doesn't matter whose side it's on, the first thing you do is you look for any laundry in the field. You look for any flags. That's the first thing you do. Yes. Look for any flags. I look for it in the, the offensive backfield. I look in the defensive secondary on the sideline. Look for any flags. When you don't see that, last night in particular, with that particular play, I thought to myself, 
what the hell were the Ravens thinking? Why would you bring an all-out blitz? They showed their hand early because they had zero coverage. And what I mean by zero coverage is there's no safety or safeties in the hole. Everybody was on the line of scrimmage. So Derek, being an experienced quarterback, knew that he was going to have man-on-man. He was just going to have to figure out which receiver he was going to. Then he knew that he had Zay Jones running an angle route, which is almost impossible to cover when you're playing man-on-man if you do not get a bump on the receiver. It's a free release, and now you're chasing the guy. And that's what even their, one of their best corners is Humphreys. That's what he was doing. So, you know, when Derek you know, was fading back and here comes the rush, the outside rush, you saw Colton Miller try to get a hand on the, the rusher to his left, and there was another free rusher to the right. I saw Derek just throw off of his back foot a nice little rainbow, and Zay ran under, ran under it, and Humphreys had already given up because he knew it was, it was over. If he, if, he, if he penalized him, the game was over anyways. So, you know, it was, it was an all-out blitz. It was an all-out try. That's what I was looking for last night. That's why I said in, in the, you know, the excerpt, oh, here they come because you yeah. saw it. So, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. it was a great feeling. No doubt about it. And, um, you know, uh, Derek talking about it afterwards in terms of, look, you know, that, and that's, you know, that every, all of that is practiced and talked about and, and watched on film. And, and, you know, John Gruden to Derek to Zay, look, if we get this look right here, this is what we're doing. And everybody was on the same page. And uh, it was an experienced quarterback and, and a wide receiver who, in spite of the fact that the production hasn't necessarily been there for Zay Jones throughout his career, including here with the Raiders, um, he's an experienced wide receiver nonetheless. And uh, he was on the same page, did with his job. Uh, great pass, obviously, by Derek Carr. It was an easy pitch and catch at that point for the touchdown to finally put the Ravens uh, away 33-27 last night uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Just really, honestly, a, a magical, magical night. Uh, at, uh, at 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 Allegiant, uh, one that I'm going to remember for a long, long time. As as Lincoln said, uh, it was an instant classic. And by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. We're going to go right out to the Raider Nation listener line and welcome in our good friend Raider 27, who wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Raider 27? Oh man, I hope I'm still coherent because like. <laughs> I've been on hold. I'm, I'm on my third drink, so. <laughs> there you go. I have a few points I want to make. Um, but the main point I want to make is um, I am so impressed with our defense. Yep. Our defense outplayed one of the top five defenses in the league. Does anybody realize that? I mean, yeah, D.C. played awesome. Our receivers showed up. We played a great game, and the offense won the game in the end, but our defense outplayed a top-five defense in the NFL. And I got one more comment I'd like to make, and this is made out of love for everyone. I don't want anyone to feel bad about this comment or anything, but kind of maybe be a little bit more considerate to others. I've been on Twitter all day, and – there is an unbelievable, unbelievable amount of car haters. Oh, we got to get rid of this guy. We got to do this. Oh, he did this wrong. He did. Can't we please enjoy one of the greatest wins I've ever seen as a Raider fan for one day? Please. You know, if you don't like it, that's fine. I, I don't judge anybody. I don't care. But you know what? The rest of us are drinking and partying and having fun all day because this is something special. This Raider team is not like all the rest. This is something more than we've ever seen. 
we're on our way to something really special. We may not get there this year. But if we keep going the way we're going, we are going to be set up for years as a dominant force in the NFL. This is a good team. And let's just, like, enjoy the wins. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, appreciate the call, Raider 27. Enjoy the drinks, by the way. Yeah, I want um, some of what he's having. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a couple of them, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, linking a couple of things. Defensively, two turnovers forced, three sacks, a whole bunch of pressures. We'll get into that a little yeah. bit. Um, and on 12 attempts, third down attempts, that Lamar Odom and the Baltimore Ravens lined up on third down. Of the 12 times they did that, the Raiders won that battle nine times. Okay? So nine out of 12 times, the Raiders got Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens off the field on third down. I say that to say this. The Raiders last year were third worst in the NFL in forcing turnovers, in sacks, and in getting teams off the field on third down. We've been talking about it, stressing it, pointing it out all offseason. You're not going to win football games ever. I don't care how good your offense is. If you can't do fundamental things at fundamental times in terms of winning battles on third down, getting some turnovers, and getting to the quarterback. If you're where the Raiders were last year in those three categories, forget about it. The only reason the Raiders were won eight games last year was because their offense was sometimes, eight times, kind of able to overcome what the defense wasn't able to do. I don't think that that's the case anymore, uh, Lincoln. What I saw from that defense, what I've seen from this defense in practice day after day after day, is speed, is understanding of what they're supposed to do, opportunistic getting turnovers, uh, and an ability to, to, to button it up when you need to button it up and win some battles in key moments. Now, having said that, Lincoln, and I want your thoughts, obviously, it's not perfect. It's ever going to be perfect. There was a run fit that Corey Littleton uh, messed up on. It led to a to a long touch or a 15-yard touchdown run, right. all right? Um, but by and large, over the course of the game, I think the defensively, everybody, for the most part, played sound winning football. And that includes Corey Littleton, who finished yeah. with the team-high 10 sacks or shared uh, the lead with 10 sacks. I heard DeMond uh, kind of mm-hmm. dogging him out a little bit uh, mm-hmm. on the previous show. I don't understand. I thought Corey Littleton played a good, solid football game, save for you know a, a mistake or two, which happens in a football game. Yeah, well, I will say this. Let's, okay, guys, it's, it's one game. Yes. Out of, 17, out of 17, it's one game. So what we took and consider, what we were looking for is we wanted to see the defense be more productive than they've been in recent years. I think we've seen that. I like the way that Denzel Perryman played. I just wish he could have finished the game. Um, and, and as you're talking about Corey Littleton, I like the way the linebackers, I like the way that Gus had used the, the, the nickel and the dime package just as a little bit of a changeup, more so the dime. He went pretty much nickel the, the whole game. And yep. then when they felt that they were going to run the football and they put their uh, general, the normal personnel, and the Ravens did, that he was able to go out there with K.J. Wright, who made a couple of plays here and there. So – um, out, out of everything last night, the, my biggest takeaway was the energy that the crowd brought to players like Max Crosby. And when, when Ngakwe and Crosby were in, they were doing exactly what they were supposed to do. They were containing the outside. They were rushing outside, putting pressure on the outside, making the quarterback step up in the pocket where your defensive tackles and your nose guards are supposed to take over. 
and there were a lot of times where they've got some internal pressure. You just had a very slippery and good athlete in Lamar Jackson who got away at times. But overall, they contained the quarterback and they harassed the quarterback with the pass rush, which is what you want with your front four playing this cover three style defense. And an O, by the way. Jonathan Abram had a nice game last night. Like his a, place his place in the defense is well suited for his ability. I will agree with that. But again, it's game one. Of there course. Was a couple of times, there was a couple of times like in the one when uh, Lamar Jackson broke open that he took a poor angle. He's got to learn how to take better angles. You're only going to do that when you play against somebody. He's got to learn how to take more, you know, better angles. But hey, even even uh, uh, Trayvon Morick took a poor angle on the run fit when uh, Tyson Williams was coming down here before he scored. So, right. you know, exactly. there, there, are, there are instances like that. They're all correctable. Uh, but I will say this. The energy that the defense brought to the table last night, the times when I saw Max Crosby getting the crowd involved, and he played at a higher level because that pumped him up and the rest of the defense, Carl Nassib coming away with a big-time turnover in a critical position. When he, was, when he was unblocked, that's what you expect your defensive end to do. But Lamar is playing the carrots with the ball. He knocked that ball free. We got a turnover, and that ends up being the game, the leading to the game winner. So I, all of that, all of that team game really made me feel special, made me feel good because in the past, those are games that the Raiders lost. Without question. And uh, I'll say this to piggyback on and Gangster Raider and, and uh, 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 Madro, we're going to get back to we're going to get to you guys uh, here in just a second. Uh, but if you Lincoln, did Derek Carr play a perfect game last night? No, of course not. He started off sluggish. He started off out of rhythm. Uh, he started off slow. But if you're a Raider fan today, if you're a Raider fan today and you're still talking about trading Derek Carr, you need to turn in your Raider card or your just knowledge of football card. How are you complaining about Derek Carr? Because he started a little slow? All right. Quarterbacks start slow. It's how you finish. This guy got the ball back with 37 seconds left in the game and no timeouts and drove the length of the field or to get them into field goal range to kick a game-tying field goal. How can you be – how can anybody right now, Lincoln, anybody – be talking about tra- still wanting to trade Derek Carr for what? You want to get Aaron Rodgers? Okay, I'll, I'll I'll trade Derek Carr for Derek Carr for Aaron Rodgers, but that ain't happening. Who are you exactly? Are you asking the Raiders to trade Derek Carr for? Especially after he, not single-handedly, but down the stretch in the fourth quarter, in money time and in overtime, played some spectacular football. I don't get it, Lincoln. Neither do I. Haterade. Haterade. I mean, <laughs> like literally, for anyone that's talking that kind of nonsense on Twitter right now you don't know football and you never will know football you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila Embajador Raider Nation Radio 921 920 AM on a Tuesday while we're dealing with some lunacy trade Derek Carr what the heck are you thinking no one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy we're going to go right back out onto the Raider Nation listener line because Gangster Raider uh, has been uh, online. Gangster Raider, I got a quick question for you, brother. Yeah. What What did you think about Rod Marinelli's group, the defensive line, last night? They look great. Finally. You know what I'm saying? It's about <laughs> time he finally showed up, that fossil of a coach. But um, I, I like what he did, when you know, putting the um, defensive line together. And I like, I like the way they showed up. But I'm, I'm with Coach Kennedy. We should have looked a lot more polished, especially due to the fact that we've been 
plan all off season to play this team, we should have looked, looked, looked a lot more cleaned up and we should have won this game a lot more easier. But it was a great win. It was a great way to open up the stadium with fans in attendance for the first time. But we should have looked a lot more buttoned up. And also, I know you got your man crushed on Derek Carr, Vinny, but the biggest mistake of the game, that false start at the goal line, that was your boy Derek's fault, Derek Carr's fault because he tried to do a hard snap while we on the one-inch line, which I don't understand. The well, only thing we could have gained was a half an inch closer to the goal line. When you know you got a rookie um, out there on the line, why would you try to hard snap and make him jump? And that caused us to get the five-yard penalty. That was the biggest mistake of the game. And all, luckily, he you know bailed himself out. But Derek Carr made Leatherwood jump offside. And I know you got a man crush on him. You can't see where he go wrong. But if he'd have played better in the first half, um, Baltimore shouldn't have scored no more than ten to fourteen points. But due so to you're Derek Carr, get dude, hold on, let me you're, get, you're saying to get rid of Derek Carr. Is that what you're saying, Raider gangs? Raider gangs not Raider. keep no, not get not, not get rid of him, but just hold him accountable for where he he almost tricked off the game, and we won. We didn't win. I said we won in spite of Derek Carr, not because of him. And I agree oh, with you, Coach Lincoln. Oh, you got to be joking with me right oh. now. In spite of him, Derek, Lincoln Kennedy, help me out. Did the Raiders win in spite of Derek Carr yesterday? I wanted to hear, is he still there? Gangster, yeah, I'm still here. here. He, he, he don't ever let me finish. Okay, well, you, all right, all right, all right. Let We're me going finish. To give you, you get a pulpit in, for a minute. I, I got to cut let you Let me finish. Say, that's why, that's why I like that you here, Coach, Coach Kennedy, because he's trying to cut me off all the time. But I see he can't cut you off like he's no, trying no, to cut no, me let, off let, all the time. Just relax. Let's have a conversation. Here we are. It's all good. Thank you, Coach Kennedy. That's why I like talking to you, Coach Kennedy, because you actually know football. And you got a brain trust for football that Vinny can't seem to understand when I be comprehend. When I be trying to get him to comprehend sometimes. All right, all right. Like okay, right. well, go ahead and finish saying. your point. This no, finish no, no, your like no, no, point. Like I was saying, calling, hold up. He, he's the one that caused the false start. That caused us the penalty. Then he oh he threw it too hard to Snead that made it go through his hand, caused the interception. Both of those are Derek Carr's fault. Both of those are the two biggest mistakes of the game, right? And since the defense got the ball back and and and, and the Baltimore did the um the casino blitz. Derek Carr didn't have no choice but to throw that touchdown pass. That's why I said we won in spite of him, not because of him, because the two biggest mistakes of the game was his fault. That false start because he tried to hard snap, caused Leverwood to jump offside. Then he threw it too hard to sneak. Which caused the interception. Okay. I'm just saying, hold him accountable though. Take your take your man pan, I mean your man crush off Derek Carr. Okay. All right, well thanks, Gangster. Yeah, that's that, thank you. All right, we get, well, I get the point now. Now I will I'll rebut this and say this. I think throughout the game, there are times where you can hold a lot of people or hold a lot of players of accountable for making mistakes. I've always had the, the mindset that the quarterback gets way too much credit when things go right and way too much blame when things go wrong. And there are going to be mistakes. I don't blame Derek Carr for that interception. I don't blame him for that, gangster. To one, gangster. I, 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 I disagree with you there. Because in the professional football league, you can't throw lollipops. So you're going to zip a ball in a whip route. You're going to try to get it in his hands. Now, while I will say Derek's accuracy was off, I would much rather have it in Snead's chest or face area rather than over his head the way it was. That was too high. I will I will say that. But I, I don't mind the zip on the ball. Throw the fastball, get it to him. Um, it was a perfect run route. What I'm, what I'm questioning is why was Snead running that route anyways? Why was he in there? I don't know how many how many plays he played, Vinny, but why was he in there at a critical time? This is yeah, a rim for a while. This is I, you know what I'm saying, or somebody else. This is not somebody you just yeah. throw out there, you know. Okay. So that's what's put a lot of pressure on him. But right. 
But you know the thing about, and I don't necessarily agree that it was Derek Carr doing the hard count on the on the on the goal line either. because they they stemmed the Ravens right. defense stemmed, and I've seen the defenses go from where they go. They go from outside to inside gap control because they're anticipating another right. you know quarterback sneak. So I understand your point, and 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 I certainly respect it. I will say this that you know Derek Carr is a good quarterback. And he's and, and this is going to be a very important year in my mind as I assert whether or not he's the future of the franchise. Now, I know he's come out and said he'll retire if he goes anywhere else, but I'm not worried about that either. But this is an important year, and there's a lot of mistakes that need to be corrected before they go to uh, Pittsburgh. Because one thing I will say, um, though I thought uh, Leatherwood finished strong, he had a very hard first half. And, uh, you know, that, that guy that's over in that Steeler uniform – T.J. Watt or P.J. Watt, whatever the hell his name is, the other Watt brother. P.J. Watt, yeah. He, he ain't going to take it easy, and he's going to have his hands full. So they got to have a plan in place for him and this ball, and this, not the Baltimore, this Pittsburgh defense when they go. I just, to I just find it ludicrous, um, honestly, uh, Lincoln. Well, n- number one, the hard count wasn't at the goal line. The hard count was way earlier in the game where they thought they had a free play because they did draw them off uh, 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 sides, and uh, Derek threw the ball downfield because he thought he had a free play. The problem is they didn't call the penalty. That's, right. That was a whole other yeah. play. The yeah. hard count didn't happen at the goal line, number one. Number two, there was no running game uh, last night to speak nope. of, uh, Lincoln. Yeah, they got 81, uh, 89 yards or so. I give him credit for sticking with it. I think they ran it 21 times ultimately. But there was really no... Um, developed run game last night. Derek Carr had to throw the ball 56 times. I don't care who. Once you get into the 30s, mistakes are gonna. You're gonna have some mistakes. It's inevitable. 56 times, and Raider Gangster Raiders talking about you know a play here or a play there on 56 attempts. You're not seeing the game correctly. I'm sorry if you're nitpicking to that extent. There are going to be mistakes and. So without a running game, throwing the ball 56 times, doing what he did in the fourth quarter to, 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 to bring it back, to help bring it back, and he got help, no doubt about it. I don't see how you could sit there and take yourself seriously um, at saying that you won in spite of Derek Carr. Yeah, well, there, there were mistakes all around. I mean, you know, there, there's really no reason why Josh Jacobs should have continued to go back out there um, when you could see that he was grimacing in pain. Yeah. I mean, that's if you, be, yeah. you know, that's, I mean, that's that's something that you got to worry about for the future because this guy, as much as I love the young man, and, I'm, and trust me, I would love to have blocked for somebody like him. He hasn't been able to finish the season healthy. And right. you're talking well, about the first game com- he's hurt his foot. Yes, and to compound it, Kenyon Drake was dealing with a little physical issue yeah. last night. Yeah, as well. So at so you know, it 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 it, it, it became a situation of you just got to roll that guy. I don't think they wanted to necessarily. I think they almost had to uh, by that point. Uh, and, yes, you had uh, the backup barber. And, yes, you had Trey R- R- uh, Regas uh, out there addressed that as well. But I think at a certain point it was, look, even at, uh, at where he was physically, he, he offered them the best opportunity at, at that point. So um, it was just a tough situation with the running backs. But it kind of shows you that, Unfortunately, as a result of that, there was no run game to really lean on, so you had to chuck it up there 56 times. Uh, and I give a, I give Derek Carr a lot of credit because when he needed to to be playing his best, he did. Yes, there was the interception. Uh, I think it was it could have been let, let's just say it was 50 50. It was probably not the best throw, um, 
but and and Snead probably still could have come up with it, but it didn't. They responded. Everyone had each other's backs. That's what good teams do. Complimentary football is something that the Raiders haven't had in a long time, uh, and and Derek Carr certainly hasn't had a defense that can you know if he makes a mistake. Back in the day, like last year, that was it. It was all she wrote. If you if the quarterback makes this mistake, you couldn't rely on your defense uh, to, to to hold down the fort a little bit and 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 wipe it away. This year, it looks like at least through one game, that defense might be capable of. Hey, if there is a mistake, and mistakes do happen, you don't like them, you don't want them. But there's no perfect football game, and that's why you need to play on both sides of the ball, and you need to uh, be able to deliver special teams because at some point. You're, it's going to be on you. The spotlight's going to be on you to maybe uh, help out your teammate on the other side of the ball. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonser and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday.